This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. It's a somber day on the Oz 9 as the crew put to rest one of their own. Though there is no body, they perch an empty FitTech pod on Joe's wheelie bucket thing, fill it with some of the less toxic flowers from the bioswamp, put on their dress spacesuits with the really shiny helmets, and gather in front of Airlock 17, Joe's personal favorite, which has been polished to a shine for the occasion. supposed to be airtight. How the hell did the pollen even get in there? Probably through all the holes where they sewed the patches on. I am bored now. I do not like funerals when I had nothing to do with causing them. All right, that's enough. Jesse, oh, oh, oh God, please don't look at me. Keep your face toward the floor. Pretend to be sad or something. That bomb could hit us any time. Let's hurry this up. Hurry this up? Captain Madeline, I need hardly remind you that a soldier in your army has fallen. A brother, a compatriot. Oh, that was good. I really should write that down to include in my novel. All right, all right. It's not like I knew him. Dr. Theo, I'm sad, I'm sad. Would you hold me? No. Is it bad that I kind of hope Colin throws up in his helmet? I never thought his Chunderdome joke from episode 13 was adequately appreciated, and it would be karma. Or would that be Jetsam? Jetsam sounds more like barfing. <laughs> True. 
Jetsam. Very onomatopoeia. That means it sounds like barfing, right? Yeah, just try not to uh, onomatopoeia on my floors. Be a captain, they said. It'll be nothing like teaching kindergarten. You were planning to teach kindergarten. No, I was banned from interacting with children after the balloon thing. Captaining was my safety job. Lucky us. Did you say captaining was your safety job? Look at the floor, for God's sake, look at the floor! How unfortunate your superpowers didn't come with a stronger stomach. They did, actually. Just gonna throw in my usual reminder about imminent death. Perhaps we could return our attention to the solemn occasion before us. It's empty, you know. The pot. There's no one in it. Yes, I know. It's just that you seemed really sad. So I wanted to remind you there's no one in there. It's symbolic. And empty. Thank you. Would you like me to hold you? I'm very good at holding. And rest in peace, amen. <clears throat> Computer. Are we really going to do this for every generation of fruit flies, Doctor? They have given their tiny lies to further the cause of science. And they were my friends. Well, yes. But they die every 45 days. Not in my lab, they don't. But we are not even here for an entire generation. We are here to commemorate one very special fruit fly. Farewell, Darren. May your tiny wings bring you safely to your reward. Rest in the bosoms of a giant, juicy cantaloupe or something. Doesn't matter. Any fruit will do. Cantaloupes have... Stop. Wait. We are here for... a bug. Oh, because otherwise you are so very busy, eh? Perhaps to distract us from our grief, you could tell us how the 778 will disable the bomb. Yes. I've been curious about that as well. Honestly, it isn't terribly complicated. Five minutes with an Allen wrench and we are tickety-boo, as you Americans say. Do we say that, though? I do. Uh, but then I also say higgledy-piggledy. What exactly does that have to do with anything? I don't know. I forgot what we were talking about. Then... Perhaps you could stop talking until you catch up? Okay. How do you disable an apocalypse device, Doctor? Well, Doctor, there is a so tiny indentation on the back of the device. You must unscrew the cover plate, pull out the wires, cut the green one, cut the red one, cut the yellow one. No, wait. Don't cut any of those. Oh, God. Cut the black? No. Uh, they'll figure it out. The 778 will know which wire to cut, correct? Almost certainly. Almost? Surprisingly, this is not the tricky part. That's a trickier part? You know, uh, for someone who is officiating such a solemn occasion, your voice is at a very high pitch right now. Perhaps you could just walk us through the tricky bit. Uh, let me venture a guess. This whole indentation, the cover plate, the wires... They're on the same side of the device as the magnets. So, <laughs> stuck to the ship. Indeed. Rather difficult to access for the uh, removal and the uh, cutting on that. I am now thinking we could have thought that through a bit better. Oh, those boys back at the lab! Always in the rush! <sighs> I need to sit down. Are you sure? Maybe you already are. What? You can't see yourself, right? Well, except for some eyelashes. So, maybe you're already sitting down. 
bomb. What now? No, just a reminder. Uh, actually, uh, yes. Nerd. Pick up Earth. It is time for us to fly. I'm not going anywhere with you. I think he was talking to me. Uh, which one of you is faster? Really? Uh, 48 minutes on the clock. Olivia? Yeah, I was wondering when someone might bellow my name. I'm sorry, I just opened a door and I'm exhausted. What can I do for you? The bomb just hit the ship! You! Did you save us all by isolating the explosion in your helmet? You know what this reminds me of? Trying to look through my ship's windshield after following the Oz 9 for five minutes. Time to move, people. Olivia, do what you can to lock onto its location. As soon as you do, get Emily and, uh, uh... Howard! Uh, right, Howard, to, uh, meet us there. Dr. Von Habesetzer, you and I will run to the lab to get the tools you prepared so we're ready to react as soon as Olivia has a location. Got it? So, have you, Von Habesetzer and Howard, all in the same place? At once? Is this a problem, Liebchen? Not for me, no. It, uh, might be a bit crowded, that's true. Probably less crowded than some people think. Go stop the bomb! Olivia's smart, but she's never gonna find it in time. Got it! Okay, maybe I am too cynical. Oh, bad news. It's a long way away. Even if I take you the direct route, it'll take an hour to get there. Uh, Uncle Eeyore was right. Everyone, shut up. Where are Emily and Howard? I saw them in the bioswamp not long ago. Any chance they might still be there? Well, they were in the early stages of an argument, so... Yes. Okay. Greg, get to the bioswamp, grab them, and gallop like hell. Lee, go with him in case he needs relief. Albatross, take Joe, run. Colin, Von Habesetzer is yours. Fly like the wind. Olivia, can you guide them all? Please. You think that'll work? Oh, God, I'm gonna have to clean up my own mess. Watch those hands, my boy. I'm very, I'm very ticklish. Oh, oh stop it. Heroic running. Heroic rippling! Follow the doors! In my novel, I have a narrator to direct attention to the action in times like these. It's a very useful narrative device, I find. Ugh. That is not interesting. What is it that I'm feeling? Besides bird. Unheroic. Or perhaps unvillainous. Unimportant. 
A bit useless, even. Yeah, right? Like, I did a bunch of shouting. Now what? Stand around and wait to be blown to smithereens? This does not sound like a hootenanny, as you Americans say. Do we, though? Uh, I guess I could go study something. Sure. I should probably get to the bridge and um, oversee something. Or a dog one half her ways in has been fermenting swamp weeds to make bathtub hooch. Shall we see if we can find his stash and get started? Hmm. Get blasted before we, uh... Get blasted? Okay. But I feel it is incumbent upon me to warn you I can get a little, uh... Hmm, frisky when I tipple. The future of the crew is in doubt, and no one's more than Dr. Theo's. So let's leave them there and see what's happening Earthside. It's evening in French Lick, and the sun has just disappeared behind the western hills. Donna, Mrs. Sheffield, Julie, and Ben are lying out of sight in a sand trap on the 16th hole. Well, this has got to be the worst beach vacation ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I checked on Gertie a bit ago. She's looking good. Much stronger. I think she's going to make it. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad. I guess. Those shredded pods should come all the way off. But I'm going to hope that'll happen without me. Yes, eventually, uh, we, we really ought to determine our next steps. You know? Not just now, okay? Oh, yes, yeah, of course, not just now. There you all oh, are! Hello? You! Blessed Fortuna, I have been seeking you everywhere. I thought the plants had devoured you all. Ludo! Are, are those tears? Who has brought my lady sorrow? You did, you oversized Oscar. Hang on. You've got one foot and one hoof. Are you like a starfish or something? Perhaps I should introduce you to my brother Neptune. I don't think you know what a starfish is. We... we thought you were dead. I found a hoof. Were there three more? And were you perhaps under a horse? Oh, now, now, Pluto. Normally I'd agree with you. Hmm? But uh, Ben is astonishingly right. <laughs> oh, come on! Yes, it was, um, it was golden and... And dripping blood, and yes, it came out of the mouth of one of those those devilish ferns, so... And you thought it was mine? Well, yeah, of course. Why would you assume it belonged to me? I'm a god! How absurd! Because 
It was a golden hoof. Am I crazy? Are there lots of people with those? Oh, who cares whose it is? Or was. It wasn't yours. You wept for me. You weep for me now. Oh, don't get too excited. Ben blubbed like a baby. No, I didn't. Oh, please. <laughs> a jigsaw puzzle and an earthquake could hold it together better. <laughs> Never mind. Hearts are healed. Team is at full strength, and we live to fight another day. <laughs> All right, let's regroup. Ben, did you finish the count? Well, no. I quit after the hoof. That was a real golden hoof, dripping real blood. It was still warm. And? Is no one else concerned about this? Oh, Benjamin, you must learn to let things go when it's time. It happened half an hour ago. So we still need to count the plants. Uh, does it need to be exact? Well, no, but the closer, the better. 16 rows, about 25 plants per row. That's what, uh, carry the three? God, do math. 400 plants. Plus, Gertie makes it 401. Oh, no, oh. Seriously? Well, I gotta get me a pair of those shoes. Uh, I didn't hear a thing. Don't you dare. I won't have my favorite footwear sullied by a Minnesotan snowflake who doesn't know the difference between a high-glass cream-polished saddle soap with a boar-bristle brush and cleaning her galoshes by spitting on a damn hanky! Got me all fired up! How did you find us? Little lady, if I gave you a list of all the ways I am more clever than the fuster cluck of you all put together, we'd be here till Tuesday! I don't have that kind of time! It is Tuesday. Funny thing about Tuesdays, Pluto. The universe just keeps making more. You must need us, or you wouldn't have come to get us. So, what's happening? The resort is in a ruckus. Guests caught wind that their host wasn't at his usual dinner table because he was on somebody else's. We managed to calm everybody down, let them know the bear was back, but had been removed and everything was fine. They bought that story? Well, when there's free champagne on offer, you'd be surprised what folks are willing to accept. Here's the thing, though. With Tiberius gone, I'm shut out. Sorry, wait, wait. Shut out. So, from this, are we to deduce and understand that you're no longer privy to the quintessential machinations behind the scenery? Whoa, whoa, shut off the word hose, Princess Margaret Thatcher. Shut out. I will be no longer able to feed you information. Oh, when did you ever feed us information, as opposed to trying to feed us to the plants? Okay, Donna, all right, all right, enough bickering, hmm? Not having you around as a resource is a bit like not having a refrigerator to haul with us, hmm? Hail, <laughs> bait. Yes, I'll miss the occasional well-chilled margarita, but um, well, I'm glad to be free of the weight, hmm? There is a way in, though. You mean, like, Dar's in that? Huh? N no. I mean, Tiberius said something about needing to hire a cleaning lady, right? Because they keep getting eaten. Yeah. And Mrs. Sheffield, there is a master of disguises, right? Oh, 
Yes, yes, I am. I am. That's very true. Yes, yes, yes. I... Oh, do you know, on a lark, I once dressed up as the Mona Lisa for a trip to the Louvre. <laughs> yes, I just happened to be standing still for a moment, deep in contemplation, and, well, someone tried to steal me. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even trying. I was in the, in the queue for the Louvre, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, those were the days, right? I have to say, I was completely taken in when you and Glenda dressed up as guests of the resort. I got a free drink in the cafe. You know. <clears throat> you know how much they cost? Hello? Yes, dear. Seriously? Costumes are a strange human tradition, but I do enjoy Halloween candy. But why is it called candy corn? It looks nothing like corn. I give up. I think my husband is suggesting Mrs. Sheffield try to get hired as a cleaning lady, so we still have someone on the inside. Yes! <laughs> Thank you! Oh, that might work! <laughs> Good heavens, of course it'll work. <laughs> That's not the question, is it? The question is, do I go the jolly old charwoman route or uh, take a more dignified Angela Lansbury sort of angle? Hmm? What difference does it make? Oh, oh, it makes a great deal of difference, Benjamin. Yes, depending on who's doing the hiring, I, I must discern which approach is more likely to garner their trust, you see. Which version can more comfortably slip into the background, ignored, barely detected, to monitor important conversation? Which cleaning lady isn't trusted to empty the waste paper baskets alone, and, and which can trot in a Xerox machine, a camera crew, an entourage without question? Also, which wig have I brought with me is pressing. We'll let you figure that one out. Southers, do you have enough clout? Left over to get her an interview, at least. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <sighs> yeah, I reckon my years of loyalty will get me that far. I miss my office. I literally had one of those levers I could pull to drop someone to the next floor. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, I did. You really ought to put a label on things. When Glenda and I were in G2HQ together, she kept accidentally pulling that lever every time we were in there. So... We're going with my plan? Oh, was that yours? I, I thought it was mine. It was mine, surely. I did. It was Ben's, and a good one. Southers, right. get her in. Say she was a cleaner at G2. Oh, yes, I believe I was, briefly. <laughs> not that you have any trouble lying, but, uh, you know, you can test out not and uh, see how it feels. Hmm? Once she's in... Can you tell her the best places to listen in or hunt for information? I reckon. This is your point of no return, you know. Once you start actively helping us, you can't go back. Perhaps we should think this over. I also enjoy a cool beverage, but being burdened with a frigid air could be counter to our desires. Gosh, you say that so pretty. Desires. Since this is not a visual medium, let me explain what I'm seeing. The golf course is mostly in the dark, with only distant safety lights and the stars to see by. But now, 
A bright spotlight shines down on Pluto and Donna, who hover, trembling, on the edge of an embrace. Julie, Ben, and Mrs. Sheffield disappear into the shadows, forgotten for the moment. The world holds its breath. A single remaining tear of joy lingers on Donna's lashes before a blink sends it cascading down her cheek. Pluto catches it with a wave of his thumb. They move closer together, and Pluto bends from his great height to whisper in her ear, You haven't given me back my key yet. I think I'll hold on to it for a while. You've been listening to Tim Sherburn as Colin, Bonnie Brantley as Jesse and Donna, Richard Cowan as Leet, Shannon Perry as Madeline and Olivia, Eric Perry as Dr. Von Habesetzer, Joe, and Mr. Southers, June Clark Eubanks as the Albatross, David S. Deer as Dr. Theo Brome, Aaron Clark as Labishan Frise and Ben, Kevin Hall as Greg, Erie Alexander as Julie, Sarah Golding as Mrs. Sheffield, Lee Shackelford as Pluto, and me, Richard Nadalny, as your narrator. Our music is composed and performed by John Faley. Our artwork is by Lucas Elliott. This episode was directed by June Clark Eubanks. Oz 9 is written and produced by Shannon Perry. Until next time, Space Monkeys, narrator out. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, hello, I'm Malik. I'm Jamie. And this is World Gone Wrong, where we discuss the unprecedented times we're living through. Can your manager still schedule you for night shifts after that werewolf bit you? My ex-boyfriend was replaced by an alien body snatcher, but I think I like him better now. Who is this dude showing up in everyone's old pictures? My friend says the sewer alligators are reading maps now. When did the kudzu start making that humming sound? We are just your normal millennial roommates processing our feelings about a chaotic world in front of some microphones. World Gone Wrong, a new fiction podcast from Audacious Machine Creative, creators of Unwell, a Midwestern Gothic mystery. Learn more at audaciousmachinecreative.com. Find World Gone Wrong in all the regular places you find podcasts. I love you so much. (laughs) I mean, you could like up the energy a little bit. You could up the energy. I actually don't take notes. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) That was good. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You sounded great. So did you. (laughs)